Good evening and welcome to the Get Football Mercato Show, here every weekday to bring you the latest transfer news from across France, Germany and Italy. I'm your host Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Andrew Thompson from Get German Football News, Rich Allen from Get French Football News and Paolo Mangon from Di Mazio will be joining us a little bit later on. Stuck on some transfer news at the moment so we will join him in a little while but on to the news from today and starting with something that broke a little, just after the podcast last night, Andrew, and that's uh, Torgan Hazard potentially on the move with a number of clubs interested, both AS Roma and Sevilla are the na- named teams, at least, and uh, Munchenglad looking for at least €20 million. Euros. Could at least one of the Hazard brothers be on the move this summer? It's possible. Um, obviously, I think it, you know, obviously it's easier to capture Torgan than... In regards to Gladbach, they have quite a few. I mean, we've said there's a lot of a, a few teams in Germany. There's a lot of wide player options that uh, Dieter Hacking has at his disposal. Um, Fabian Johnson, uh, Patrick Herrmann is fit again. Uh, Jonas Hoffman, Ibrahim Traore, uh, and a few others. So, um, if they're looking to strengthen other areas and potentially use that transfer fee received for Torgan and put, putting it somewhere else, maybe in. Um, Another, another sort of forward, uh, maybe a defensive replacement, you know, that money will be served well. Um, I, but I don't think he's forced to leave. Um, I do think Roma is a pretty sizable jump for him from Gladbach. Um, I thought he did quite well uh, last season as well. Um, but I, in regards to the promise he showed um, coming through when he was in Belgium, I don't think he's reached the heights that some would expect. Um, I remember one time, a long time ago, Eden Hazard actually said that Torgan is actually better than him in regards to just straight ability. Um, I don't think we've seen that from him, but I, and I think right now, considering the business that Roma has already done, I don't know why he would necessarily go to Roma. I think Sevilla would make a better fit. Um, that said, who knows if Sevilla would play a brand of football that would be suited to him ideally, but they do have a his, uh, history of getting the best out of wingers in the past. So, um, if he does move, I mean, I think for me, La Liga might suit him a little bit better as well, given the kind of player he is. Um, very technically gifted, um, very direct. So um, it'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on that. But um, I think he can go either way right now, obviously. Um, he's not forced to move, but if he feels like he's ready for the jump, then you know, I think Sevilla would be a good club. It's, yeah, it's the interesting one really for, for Hazard at the moment because he, he's had a good couple of seasons at Gladbach. At the same time, he's never quite pushed onto the level that maybe some expected from that loan spell initially. But at the same time as that, Gladbach haven't quite advanced in the way that maybe he had hoped. Maybe sort of a move at this moment not only benefits Gladbach from a financial point of view, bringing other players, but also helps the Belgian maybe further his career a little bit more in terms of his aspirations of, of European football, for example. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, he's already 25 now. Um, he's been he's been around for a while, like Eden. So people would assume he would be a little bit younger. Um, but that is a fair point. Uh, you know, to historically the last five or six seasons, when you when you look past Bayern Munich, the competition for European places is very close uh, in the Bundesliga. And Gladbach had, you know, a handful of solid seasons, uh, particularly when uh, Granit Xhaka and Makunin were still at the club. But they haven't really kicked on. Um, so it's a fair suggestion to make that you know maybe if he's looking for um, more opportunities in Europe itself, uh, moving on from the club would make sense. 
Um, but then again, there, you know, last season there was you know some promise around Gladbach in the season again. You know, they are showing signs of progression. Uh, they again, as I mentioned the last time I was on, they have quite a few good young players that they can build a nice core around uh, to kick on for in the next couple seasons. So if he does wait around, he might reap the benefits, but um, it also could fall flat, and then he might miss his chance for for a better move. So. Um, I guess I think it can go either way, but uh, one way that I wouldn't be shocked if he stayed or if he left. It's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on, especially with Roma, especially still looking for a winger after that um, Malcolm incident. On to things in France with you, Rich. And um, we've had a move finally really in the right direction. It seems like a lot of movement has been out of France, but we have a signing of sorts. It's Timothy Kolodziak. He's been joining Saint-Etienne, um, the former fullback of Nice. Obviously, he's sort of gone around the clubs in the last couple of years, having been at Sevilla, uh, back in Germany briefly, and then Tigres more recently. Um, what do you think to this deal for, for the Leve? They, they're slowly building a, a new squad under new management and, and the and the new style that they're going for. Is this the, cri- the right kind of signing for them? Yeah, I think it absolutely is. Um, I think that you look at the centre-back pairing that they they closed the season with uh, last season with, with Perrin and Subotic. They're you know, two hugely experienced defenders, but question marks over, over age, especially with Perrin and and maybe injury concerns with, with Subotic. So I think to bring someone like him in is it's a good move. You know, we, we know that from his time with Nice, he was a solid player, got the move to Sevilla, um, had a couple of really, you know, solid seasons with them, was 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 part of the first team, won the Europa League, um, fell out of favour. And and from then on, the last couple of years I think have been quite a struggle for him. Um, difficult to really, I think, to perhaps put on exactly why, but never really nailed down any any kind of um, starting role in, in Germany, uh, similar in, in Mexico with Tigres. So it's, it's a good move. I mean, we saw last season with, with as I say, with the signing of Subotic, with the, the signing of Mvia, that, that Saint-Etienne are starting to become sort of canny players in the transfer market. They can spot when a, you know, a, a great deal's to be had and certainly... You know, and Via and, and, and Subotic were two prime examples of that, you know, perhaps fallen out of favour or slightly fallen on harder times, out of form maybe, and, you know, sort of slightly forgotten. Um, brought them in, nurtured them, got them playing well, and they now look excellent players. And, and you know, I, I hope the same. Um, I hope the same here because, he's you know, we know that he is a good player and I, I hope that, that, that he can um, get a starting role or certainly a you know, more regular football um, with Saint-Étienne, because I think if he can get that confidence back, get that match fitness back, I think he'll prove to be a really, really good signing. And that's the interesting one, really, isn't it, Rich? Because they've lost two right-backs this summer, really. Pierre-Gabriel Pierre, uh, going to Monaco in the end, and, and Sadyanko also leaving the club. So it's a big hole to fill. Um it, it can it, we think he's got the quality for it but at the same time do they maybe still need one or two more really in that kind of position to to give him some competition given the lack of football he's had over the last sort of uh, 12 to 18 months i think they do i think i think one thing to to, to bear in mind is that although we saw him play fullback at nice quite often um he didn't really play that role with sevilla uh, he was he was part of a center back pair in there moved inside with with Tremolinas playing outside of him at, at, at left back. 
So I mean, if they are going to plot, if they are going to put him there, then it's it's potentially a risky move. It, it opens up a little bit of rustiness there. Um, they may want to revert to a back three, and I think he could. I think that actually could be a, a, a great way of getting the best out of him. Um, it might aid with with covering um, maybe the sort of lack of pace of, of Subotic and Perra. Um, so maybe that's a role that that, that Gassier is going to look to go down. Um, I'm, I'm, as I say, this is a move I'm really it's, it, on on paper. It's a move that that should work out. As I said, you know, he's he is a really really good player, but he is obviously out of form. He's out of 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 confidence. He's out of uh, match sharpness. Um, but you know, the same could be said for Jan and Veer when they signed him and. And look how you know what a great six months he had with Santetienne. So, yeah, that, there's your example, I think, for 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 um, for Santetienne to look at that they can actually bring in these kind of players who, as I say, have perhaps been slightly forgotten, at, um, but bring them in, get them playing well, um, and 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 really make it a, an excellent move for all parties. It's going to be an interesting one indeed to follow. Uh, on to news in Italy, and we ha- do have Paolo from Di Marzio joining us now. Uh, thank you for joining us, Paolo. I do, uh, well, obviously, transfer news always comes first at this time of year, um, and it looked like you've got a bit of an update for um, Luka Modric, so I want to go on that very quickly first. I, I've seen our Twitter feed report on the news as well. What was the latest in that potential move for Inter for the uh, Croatian? Oh, it's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, the latest reports is that uh, Inter is waiting for a, a, a meeting to happen with between Flor- Florentino Perez and Mudrich before anything concrete develop, uh, develops. Mm, that's a, that's going to be an interesting move as it develops, at least anyway, because it could be a great move for Inter Milan. But on to the main news, really, uh, we want to do, Paolo, because it's been the big story in Italy for the last couple of weeks. I know, obviously, maybe eventually overshadowed by the, the Ronaldo news, oh, heaven forbid. But um, the Milan-Juve deal looks to be almost all but done and news that Higuain's heading to Milan this evening for his medical tomorrow. Um, it's inching ever so closer. Does it feel quite real yet that this movie is actually happening? Uh, it's starting to feel feel real. Uh, strange to see, uh, you know, two great players to go to, to, go to Milan. But uh, it's it's honestly, I think Milan has gotten the better better uh, better deal here. Uh, they 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 solved their uh, striking problems, and now they have a, a, a really a star uh, forward, and they've got another uh, young center back to play along uh, Romagnoli. I think Milan is the clear winners in this uh, uh, in this deal on the on the sporting level. But I think Juventus uh, won because I think this deal was. Uh, is going to solve their uh, financial fair play problems. This is the interesting one, really, for for both clubs. A lot of people are saying that Milan feel like the winners in this deal, but at the same time, Juventus are thinking in the here and now, and Leonardo Bonucci represents a player that they know well, that fits well in their system, and at the same time, in enhances at least their short-term ambitions of, while they have the, the Portuguese maestro, of winning that Champions League, doesn't it? It does, Uh but the thing is, is that will you put by, by putting all your eggs in one basket by winning now? What happens if if they fail to win? Uh, that's uh, that's the Armageddon uh, scenario that they face now. Uh, they put all the pressure to win now, and if it doesn't happen, what what happens next? No one will know. 
that that will be the interesting thing to keep following, depending on uh, if that move does sort of go through. Um, on to news, uh, more of a roundup news, at least anyway, of, of our nations at the moment. And let's start with Germany. Andrew, in this, a uh, little bit quieter than it was last night, at least anyway. But there's some interesting moves potentially with, um, we'll start with um, RB Leipzig with Emil Forsberg. It looks like there's a there's a number of clubs obviously been interested in the past. There's rumoured interest now with Ice Roma. What can you tell us about it? I almost feel like it's just easy to link Roma with attacking players right now, given some of the business that we may have seen from them. But um, I, don't, I wouldn't put too much stock in it currently. Uh, if you look at what they have done, uh, you know they brought in Justin Clivert from Ajax, and um, he's at that age now where he needs to be playing, and he did brilliantly um, in Eredivisie, and he needs to kick on from that. So I don't understand why, if they were bringing in a left winger in Clivert, why they were bringing the left-sided player in Forsberg after that. Um, I mean, I know depth is always um, nice to have, um, especially when Europe's involved. But uh, I do think they have a fair few attacking players. Well, and Stefan Lashawari is also at the club still, and he's also one of the last attacking players. So I don't think there's much in it, personally. Um, and uh, in seasons past, Forsberg has made it known. I think he'd prefer to move to Spain or move to the Premier League. Um, I'm, so, yeah, I, I don't think much is in this, honestly. But... Um, anything is obviously possible. Um, Leipzig have shown that, and even though uh, they're trying to establish themselves as a regular uh, contestant in the Champions League uh, via uh, qualification to the Bundesliga, that they'll still sell players if you know they get enough money, and they'll just recycle and uh, buy younger and uh, keep those players on. So, um, if he does leave, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think it'll be to Roma, though. That's the the interesting thing about this kind of deal because we've mentioned the the amount of players they have in those positions, especially if Adam Lookman looks like he's coming in, Andrew as well. Do you think that despite that, Forsberg out of those attacking players is the one that Leipzig would miss the most, especially with his creativity? It would really depend. Uh, you know, the first year, um, up he did quite well. Uh, you know, my, you could say a thing about uh, Timo Werner as well, uh, Marcel Stabitzer and players like that. But last season, he had a down year. Um, I don't know if they would necessarily miss him the most, but he certainly offers um, a bit of creativity um, in wider areas. And uh, he's a versatile player. Uh, you know, even though he's predominantly attacking from the left, he can play um, central quite well. Um, he, he just he suits the system. Um, you would assume that. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann will want to work with him uh, when he comes to the club after this coming season. But um, again, as you say, they're not short of attacking options. Um, most of those attacking options they do have are flexible and they can um, operate in multiple roles. Uh, they also uh, brought in Emery Aslan um, from the under-19s, which, which is another left-sided player. Bruma is still at the club. He's young. He's a left-sided player. As you mentioned, Lukman might be coming in. Um, in, in a pinch, Timo Werner can play on the left. Same thing with uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin. So there are players that can fill that void for him. And Forsberg's about to hit those prime playing years. And like I said, even though Leipzig are positioning themselves for you know, trying to challenge Bayern and, 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 the, and the bigger clubs and trying to get Champions League Gregory, really, he might want to move on. Um, the club will step up. So again, much like uh, um, Torgan's argument, you know, it, if he moved, it wouldn't be surprising. But I just, I still don't think Roman makes sense for the move. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does move. Let's keep an eye on where the Swede might move on to a player that looks like he's not going to move this summer, but they might be more 
advanced moves for him next summer, and that's Christian Pulisic. He has been rumoured with Liverpool being the big club that's been linked with him, Andrew, but it looks like he's staying for the time being, but that contract situation means that it come next time, this time next year, um, they might be interested in moving on the American. Well, uh, if you listen to uh, Rafa Honigstein yesterday, it basically, point blank, he said if contract negotiations don't progress this season, he will be sold next season because they don't want a uh, situation where it you know, comes down to his final year. Uh, he could potentially go on a Bosman um, or a very reduced transfer fee that they want. They want to be, you know, have that... Uh, the price of a player recouped sufficiently enough. So um, I do think he will go next summer. I think we talked about it last week. We mentioned Pulisic briefly. Um, and I did say that I would would not be surprised if he did move on. Um, I think he'll end up in the Premier League, uh, not just because there will be a lot of suitors, but more or less because the Premier League is the biggest league that is viewed in the United States. And that's a marketing dream for whatever club picks him up and most likely that's why you see those links with Liverpool. Um, they are owned by an American conglomerate. Um, you have to imagine that there will be interest in Mohamed Salah again if he has another brilliant season. So if he was to be moved on, then you could just replace him with Pulisic, who is a more or less like flight player. Um, that business for them would make sense. Uh, in terms of for Dortmund, uh, it would also make sense from the standpoint that they, again, they have an overload of attacking players, um, none of whom, uh, you know, seem to be leaving. You know, uh, Marco Royce has always been linked with a move away from the club, but he's stayed loyal to the club. Uh, again, they brought in Maximilian Philip. Uh, Jaden Sancho came on quite well, and he developed. Uh, uh, Jacob Larson came back from his loan, um, and he's in line for more increased time, uh, according to Lucien Favre. So, again, there are players there that they can just replace Pulisic with in-house. Um, and they wouldn't necessarily have to panic to, to go out and buy a replacement. They can put that money elsewhere. Um, so I, I, I do think next summer he will be moving on and he'll be 20 by then. So um, I think in terms of his career, I think it might be a little bit too soon, but I can see the allure of why he'd want to do it. So I think we should, we should expect that at this point. Yeah, it would be surprising for someone with his kind of ambition and obviously the pull of being American. I'm sure plenty of American owners would like him under their umbrella. On to the final bit of news, and it involves RB Leipzig again, in for another Bayern Munich player, another midfielder as well. We've we've talked about a few of them this summer looking maybe for the exit door, but Sebastian Rudy, is that one a likely one? It feels like maybe that's one that Bayern do want to try and keep. Uh, I think they would want to keep him, but the link makes sense. Uh, again, with Nagelsmann coming into the club uh, next season, he'll have worked with Ruddy at Hoffenheim, so he'll know the player quite well. Um, and again, you know, they just lost uh, Nebuketa, so at the moment, when you look at their central options, they're really kind of missing that um, type of player that Ruddy is. Yeah, he's um, can play central midfield, he's combative, um, can play deeper, but he's also deeper from the in the creative sense. Um, and that's that's the thing that they're lacking. You know, they have good ball winners in Diego Demi and Stefan Ilsanker and then uh, but you, you know the rest of the options are more forward thinking players they like to get on. Uh, so Ruddy to Leipzig does make sense. Um, but I don't Ruddy also suits um Nico Kovac's style of play, his system uh, that he employed at uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, so if it's something he wants to emulate at Bayern, I would imagine he would want to keep special with but um, that's sad, I don't know if the 
playing time is going to be there. You know, Brian haven't really moved any of their central options. You know, Arthur Vidal is still there. Thiago Alcantara is still there. Um, so he might, this just might be in line with just him wanting more minutes, you know, uh, keeping his place in, in the national team fold. Um, and if, if it comes down to that, then I can see the move. But um, again, one of those things where you know, there's, no, there's no pressure either way. Um, it's just going to be up to the player. If he feels like he's not getting any minutes at Byron, then I can understand him wanting to move on, given you know, he's getting up there in age now. So um, this could be his last move before um, his last bigger contract. So. Mm. And it'd be an interesting to see uh, what Leipzig wants to do in that midfield now where Navicato is no longer there. On to things in France and there's some interesting news slowly hotting up again in, in Liga and Richard. We'll start with a player I know both of us quite like it, although he didn't quite have as good a season last season. And Christophe Julian um, of Toulouse potentially um, we're reporting tonight that uh, a number of German clubs are interested with him, along with um, English side Southampton, who have been mentioned with him a number of times before. Does it feel like the right time for the 25-year-old to move on after what was uh, a bit of a lacklustre second season in France? Yeah, I mean, he'll see, uh, you know, there was some off-field troubles, I think, that, that you know, he was, he was captain start of the season. I think there were some issues that went on behind the scenes. He's dropped for a few games, captaincy taken off him and given to, to Issa Diop. Um, but he regained his spot. Um, you're right. I don't think he hit the form of the previous season um, by any by any means. But, you know, same can be said for that, the entire Toulouse squad. I think for him as a player, yes, it is the right time to move. And I think perhaps, uh, you know, I could see him easily back in back in Germany you could easily see him in the premiership I think he's that kind of defender I think that could could work out very well for a sort of mid-table mid-table side I I think the only thing that's going to prevent any move here is Toulouse I think they've obviously lost Alban Lafont although they replaced him with Baptiste Rene um I think was a was a very good move they haven't yet replaced Diop I think Toulouse Julien as well I think they're going to want at least a replacement for Diop first before they even consider selling Julian, unless unless they've you know, they've they've gone crackers because it would seem it would seem a crazy move to let both of your first choice centre backs from I mean it's the past two seasons they formed a great partnership together to 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 lose them both and at the minute not have a replacement lined up would seem crazy so I think the only thing that's going to prevent Julien moving out of out of Toulouse is Toulouse themselves because yeah it, it wouldn't it, it it wouldn't add up I think for 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 them to lose and you know an experienced player you know, it's a very young squad that that Toulouse have got so I think Toulouse to <laughs> Toulouse someone of the experience of, of Julien would be a would be a huge blow if they haven't got something lined up um, you know that, that that brings equal experience into the team. Especially when you start thinking, like you said, Rich, that they've already lost Diop to uh, to uh, to to West Ham, and and having another player like that go with the experience gap, it was going to be a, maybe a torrid season for them if that were to happen. But on to an, another defender that might be coming to Liga and Shores, and that's Jerome Boateng. We've spoken about him a few times before. It looks like, um, at the moment at least, there's there's still a little bit of a gap between the valuations between Paris Saint Germain and. Bayern Munich, supposedly around about 10 million euros still, um, 
separating them. Um, but would the German be a good addition to this defensive lineup that at times last season, yes, they, they romped the league, but at the same time, their defensive partnerships never quite lived up to expectation? Uh, I find this one a really tough one, a really tough one, because logically, yeah, it should work out. You know, he is a, he's a strong defender. He's had, you know, consistently good season after season with, with Bayern in Germany, um, you know, bags of experience. So on that side of things, yes, it should. It should be a, a no-brainer for PSG to bring him in. I then balance that up with, is he going to be another player that's just coming for the sort of glitz and glamour that PSG bring? You know, we know he's got that side of him. Um, we know that he can be quite easily distracted with, with um, you know, things away from the pitch. So that's my that's my only concern is is PSG have over the last few seasons have always gone for the sort of glamour signings, um, without necessarily addressing the issues that they need to be addressing. And and it's it, they are completely correct to be going after a centre back. I do think, especially if they're going to be playing three at the back, which it almost seems certain that they will this season. They're going to need at least one other centre back to 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 join the group. I'm just concerned that that Boateng is going to find himself distracted um, with with you know the whole sort of Neymar show that goes on at PSG. There's one or two other players that perhaps that fall into that category as well. And I just wonder, are there players that can bring everything that Boateng brings on the pitch without any of those worries or concerns? away from it or you know those losses you know loss of concentration we saw it at the world cup the the sort of loss of concentration um and perhaps lack of discipline in somewhat so uh, it's it's a really tough one it's a tough one you'll get many psg fans will be saying yeah of course bring him in he's a you know he's a he's a he's a world cup winning defender he's got so much experience brings this that and the other but i think just to look at it from the slightly bigger picture i think could they perhaps have gone after someone else? And I know that the question would be who, um, but it, it's it's it is a really difficult one, I think. But um, you know, no doubt PSG will bring him in. No doubt he'll he'll have you know a pretty good season. But I just have concerns over his the attitude that he would bring with him, and whether that's actually going to help what's already you know what we already know is quite a bit it's a bit of an issue with PSG behind the scenes is that attitude problem of you know all these players that are that are coming in blitz glamour etc so that, that that's my only concern I think on that Boateng deal but um it'll be interesting to see if that comes off and then how he works then with with Thomas Tuchel It'll be an interesting one indeed because he, he can be a really great defender, but um, an awful World Cup really didn't do anything in standing wise. On to um, a, a slightly smaller move, and it involves Toulouse again, at least trying to reinforce themselves after that sort of poor season and having to go through um, the playoff in the end. And that is that they look like they're bringing in wide man um, Matteo Dossevi from. Mets, who had a, a decent season last season, Rich, um, would he be the right kind of player to add to them? He had a, a boatload of assists, but is there anyone on the end to score them for Toulouse? Well, that's the problem. I mean, they, they you know, they've obviously they've lost Andy Delors. I mean, I know he didn't hit the hit the back of the net often last season, but you know, you just feel we saw with with Mets last season the the brilliant link up between Dossavi and, and Nolan Rue. 
And it, it almost, it almost, it almost secured league and status for Mets. Just those two players alone, the goals of Rue, the the, the assists of Dossi. Don't forget, only two players registered more assists in in, in the league last season than Dossi, and that was Dimitri Payet and Neymar. So it's it's not it's it's not as though he's um, yeah, and I don't think he perhaps has the finishers and and the the, the additional. Um, quality around him of those two. So he really did have an excellent season. He, he'll he bring, you know, he brings a bit of pace down that right wing. He'll bring the 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 ability to cross the ball accurately. Um, and he'll bring experience. As we mentioned when we talked about Julien, that, that Toulouse team does lack quite a bit of experience, I think. It's a very, very young team, um, which is great. You know, we, we love seeing those young players come through, but if there aren't those experienced players around them, they're not going to develop um, to, to the levels that we we sort of hope that they do. So I think it would be a really, really positive move for Toulouse. Um, it still doesn't address necessarily the biggest issues that they've got. Um, but if they can have someone that can at least is, is a reliable source of assists, then maybe, you know, that that will help. You know, they've obviously got Mubele. They brought him in from a, from a made him a permanent signing from a loan spell. You know, maybe there's a link up there. I still think they need a bit more of a target man. Um, I'm amazed they didn't make a move for someone like Nolan Rue, um, to be perfectly honest. I think he would have been a great signing for them. Um, but in terms of Dossavi, it, it seems a no-brainer. He's not going to be expensive. He's got league and experience. He's got plenty of, of of playing experience. He's got the assists. He knows what it takes to, to perform in this league. So it's a, it's a great move. But as you say, they just need to make sure they've got someone at the end of all those crosses. Mm. That's still going to be the biggest worry for um, Le Violet heading into next season. Finally, we finish in Serie A. And back to you, Paolo, with some moves that have been happening over the last sort of day or so, including those big ones we mentioned earlier. But starting with a, a bit of a sombre one, at least anyway, in a sense that Leandro Castan has uh, agreed with Roma to be uh, released from his contract. He's now a free agent. It, it, it's kind of a disappointing end for what has been an, a, not a terrible career at Roma for him, but um, at the same time, it, it feels like the right move for both parties. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I remember uh, in the 13-14 season, he was one of the best uh, best centre-backs in Serie A, so it was, it's, it's kind of sad that it has to end that way, but I think it's uh, the best, uh, best move for both parties. He can uh, start off uh, in the next part of it, next phase of his career at a smaller club and and find regular playing time. And that that was the problem um, for the last couple of seasons, really. He was loaned out for Sampdoria for a year, um, obviously was at Cagliari um, for, for the last half of last season, but never quite hit the ground running. Uh, it looks like he's also set to join Vasco da Gama, which would be nice for him to, to head home and, and see how that can go for him. Uh, on to news that has gone through, through well, it looks like it's going through, and that's uh, um, Lisandro Lopez. No, not that one, the, the other one, the Argentinian defender rather than striker that we all remember. Um, heading to Genoa, who is starting to make some moves now. Do you feel like that's the right kind of signing for, for a team that, that did struggle at times last season, didn't need to maybe shore things up at the back as much as they have brought in a striker up front uh, yesterday? Um, maybe someone like Lopez can increase that back line. No, you're right. Uh, that'll definitely add some depth to the back line uh, for Genoa. Uh, they struggled last year, by, uh, especially early on in the season before Balladini came in. They struggled to concede a lot of goals under Juric. 
So it's uh, it's definitely a right move and, and a good good uh, good step in the right direction. Uh, yeah, it would be it's nice to see them starting to move a little bit more forward uh, and onto things in in Napoli at least, and they're eyeing a right back after obviously had Gulam last season, but the the injury that he had near the end really helped deal derail the Neapolitans in the end. Really, um, that's somewhere that Ancelotti sees as something they need to try and improve on. What kind of players are they looking to bring in? Uh, latest reports right now that uh, Darmian is the favourite. Uh, for the right back position, and I, I think you would definitely be a, a an, a, an increase in quality, uh, especially uh, over uh, Christian Maggio, who was there last season, and, and after uh, Mario Rui got injured, and and now well before that Fazi Gulam, so they're definitely thin on, on the wing back position. So Darmian brings in uh, European uh, experience, and that that will definitely uh, help Napoli if they do end up signing him. They definitely need some strength and depth there, and it was all plain to see last season. Well, very quickly, Paolo, I wanted your quick thoughts again on the Modric news. I know you had a little bit of a write-up just before you headed on, but we're also hearing now that um, if Florentino Perez was to allow the Croatian to link, would be let for less than €100 million. Euros. Is that maybe a step too far for Inter on this dream of, of bringing the creative midfielder in? Well, I, I, I've, just at first glance, I don't know how Inter would be able to afford it uh, unless they, 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 they pull off some sort of uh, loan with option to buy. But if they do end up purchasing, I think that would throw all the work that they did for financial for play out the window. And that's maybe what might scupper what would look like a very exciting deal, but maybe... Uh, they'll just stick with Arturo Vidal for that one. Uh, that's all that we have for this evening. My thanks to Paolo, Andrew and Rich for their company and all of you at home, of course, as well. Uh, please do join us again tomorrow for more from the craziest world that is the transfer window. Good night. <laughs>